Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Better than this. It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, and we are in a dude mood to start the week. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, NFL and NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. I'm joined by Joe Marino, my co-pilot, uh, also FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting. And Joe, we've had a little bit of a uh, a remodel here to start the beginning of the show. I know the suspense is killing you as we record this. I have not let the cat out of the bag uh, about our new intro. But, uh, you know, we we had a really good six-month run with Voodoo Child. And um, I I think the people are are really going to enjoy the rebrand. And and you're flying on blind faith, but I think you're going to like it too. Yeah, this is weird because you're talking about the new introduction. I've been... Uh, informed we have a new introduction, but I haven't heard it, and we're literally recording this, and this will be the audio that people listen to after they hear the new introduction that I still haven't heard. So you will uh, be the last I hope you've person, done well, Kyle. Yeah, you, you'll be the last person <laughs> to know the intro music. Just in case anyone wants to know my role here. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's above your pay grade. Don't worry about it. It, it is, evidently. Yeah, I, you know what? I actually spent more time looking for a new song than I did uh, watching Prospects this weekend. Wow. That's yeah. sad. I had a busy sad. weekend of Prospects. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad one of us was productive with our time. Uh, this was like <laughs> the third song I listened to, and I was like, 
you know, I'm going to write that one down. I'm going to keep listening and find something else and, and make a list. And the list never grew past one. But I'll oh, be wow. damned if I didn't keep listening to try and find one. So what's interesting, though, what you just revealed is that you didn't listen to it and stop and say, this is the one. I'm good. The search has ended. You said, I like this, but let me continue. So that, I, I mean, that's not a lot of confidence. I, um, Joe, just because a team's on the clock doesn't mean they pull the, the trigger and make the pick within the first 30 seconds they're on the clock. You got to let the clock play out. You got to make sure you do your due diligence. You explore all avenues and options. It's like the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. You know, they 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 found a guy they loved, but they still signed Mike Glennon. You still do your homework. It's it's you know it's just being responsible more than anything else. Is um, let me ask you this: Is is um, Adazio still on the on the intro? Of course, Adazio is right. like. He's the motivation for the show. Right, right. So as long as we have that, I'm good. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll see what I can do about maybe splicing him up and getting him like a remixed version of the song with like dudes dropping every every so often. Just Adazio's voice coming into the theme music. Don't cheese it up too much on this count. No, you know, it's production quality. Just like the, uh, the Sammy Watkins phone call. Oh my God. You, that was well done. See, look at that, man. I, I, uh... When you when you quote tweeted me with some uh, indications that that was in there, I went back and listened to the podcast. And uh, well done, Kyle. You know it's, it's it's good being a journalist because I have an automatic uh, phone recorder, so it records my phone calls because I do interviews and stuff where I want to record things. And so every phone call that I ever make is recorded, not because I want it, just it's just because I I need to pick up quotes and stuff. And so it it worked out there, Kyle. That. Uh, your emphatic conversation to me to let me know that Sammy Watkins was no longer part of my life uh, was recorded, and you were awfully giddy when I listened back on that. To well, tell me, this. well, when your first response is, "I hope they've been hacked," <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell you that they have graphics, and then you tell me if that's true, you're going to die. Kyle, if that's um, true, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. It's pretty hard. I mean, that it's like if I had to tear sound clips from draft dudes and locked on as we near our one year anniversary of podcasting together uh that would be at the very top for sound clip it's that you and i ha- have pulled within the past year uh as well as beep it a bee <laughs> uh trying to toot your own horn yeah. and um as we were trying to do uh, the intro lead for one of our podcasts at the senior bowl and for whatever reason you could not keep a straight face. You know, I'm a lot better when we're not together in the same room, but that's something I'm working on. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uh, not have the giggle fests uh, in our upcoming Senior Bowl and draft coverage oh, for 2018. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna button up and and and, and uh, tighten the screws, with, man. Yeah, tighten the screws a little bit. So was that a, was that a segue there talking about the Bills and yes, you know, uh, that that sounds like a great segue. Why don't you tell the folks what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so so today the idea is we we have football games. Uh, there are going to be college football games on this coming Saturday, uh, so it's time to kind of get into this for real. And uh, we want to start laying the foundation for the the storylines that are developing very early for the 2018 NFL Draft. And as Kyle and I were kind of going through thinking of those, there's some very prominent. Uh, storylines that are developing, and one of those are a couple of teams in the NFL right now 
that uh, are sitting pretty with draft capital right now, and that is, of course, the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills. Both teams have six picks in the first three rounds. Buffalo has two number ones, two number twos, and two number threes, while Cleveland has two number ones, three number twos, and their, and, and their third-round pick. So 12 of the top 100 picks uh, will belong to the franchises that play along Lake Erie and Buffalo and Cleveland. And, um, you know, a couple of teams that, you know, it's uh, they're rebuilding. It seems like both teams are kind of perpetually rebuilding, but they are going to have the ammunition to bolster their rosters uh, come next April. Yeah, and uh, I feel like both of those teams, both Buffalo and Cleveland, they have some nice pieces. I certainly think the Browns and their consistency picking at the top of the draft has paid off for them over the course of the past couple years. Uh, Buffalo's had a little bit more, I guess you would call it success, quote-unquote, with like the win-loss, not consistently picking in the top eight. Uh, So I look at the Cleveland roster, and I see a lot that I like. I look at the Bills roster, and they've purged some of that talent, unfortunately, but they do have some young players. And uh, it seems like they really like Zay Jones, for example. Uh, (laughs) Anquan Bolden retiring yesterday. They're going to have to like Zay because he's one of like three competent receivers on the roster. Um, But they're willing to give him, quote-unquote, the keys to the castle. So uh, I think what's important to note with this amount of ammunition, 12 of the top 100 picks falling with two franchises, is they can either allocate – shotgun style approach and just take a ton of picks and bank on a majority or over 50% of them panning out and being successful football players. Or the other thing that stands out is the top of this year's draft seems like it has more uh, prospects that would be worthy of consideration than what you uh, have seen over the course of the past couple of seasons. Uh, This past year was Miles Garrett, and then, by and large, everybody else. It was Garrett in the field. And Garrett had been the consensus top pick since, what, October? Mm-hmm. September? Um, now, you look at this class. You've got debates at quarterback and running back and offensive tackle. And these are uh, some positions more so than others, but they're high-impact positions. Uh you got Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Mason Rudolph. I, I think the consensus is split between Allen and Darnold. Uh, you got running back with Geis and Saquon Barkley, who by and large are touted as quote-unquote generational-style runners. Uh, kind of different with what they do well, but they're both very dynamic. They're both physical in some regards, and they both have explosiveness. Look at offensive tackle. Uh, Mike McGlinchey and Connor Williams seem to be the two names that are consistently talked about. And then you have uh, Arden Key as a pass rusher, and it seems like he right now is far and away uh, the top name associated with draft-eligible players. It recently came out that, that Key is not going to play in the season opener, so that is certainly something to monitor, how that health plays out and when he gets back on the field and how much he plays. Uh but you have some young guys, too, at the position that can make a push. Um, Cleland Farrell from Clemson is one that I, I really love. I think he's going to be a great football player. 
uh, Josh Sweat, Florida State. You know, there, there's gifted, twitchy pass rushers out there. Harold Landry is another one. Um, so you just look at the potential top-end talent at some premium positions. I think right now, the way this class is being discussed, they're viewed in a much more uh, complimentary regard than what you see a lot of the skilled players at a lot of different positions in the past two or three draft classes. Yeah, and, you know, kind of standing out from every conversation, it seems like, with the top of the first round is quarterbacks. And, you know, I think we've got a handful of them this year. You mentioned, you know, Rudolph and Rosen and Darnold and Allen and maybe even Lamar Jackson in that conversation. Um, Some people like Luke Falk. Um, But, you know, I think there's a – a plethora of, of teams, you know, that are in need of these quarterbacks. And, you know, I think we, we talked about in the pre-show about these teams. It was like 10 deep of teams that, you know, realistically need a quarterback in the top half of the first round. Now there's not 10 of them, but there's a handful of guys that I think, you know, someone's going to like and, and be willing to uh, hitch their wagon to. And what's interesting to kind of Bring bring back in that initial talking point into the quarterbacks. We, we mentioned, you know, Buffalo, Cleveland, both have a ton of top picks. And, you know, who knows if, if they're going to actually, you know, pull the trigger on all of those draft picks or, or turn it into a, a move up. You know, Buffalo, think about Buffalo specifically. They could trade two number ones and a number two and still have the pick that they take, their own number two and, and the two threes. It's, it's, there's still plenty of draft capital. To, to, to improve the roster and move up. So when you think about these quarterbacks, and specifically Buffalo, one thing that we've learned about the Bills in their first two preseason games is this type of the type of offense they're going to run is a lot more timing, and it really relies on the quarterback to be able to survey the defense, find windows against zone coverage, find leverage against man, and that's not necessarily things that Tyrod Taylor excels with. And so when you think about fits, you know, when a, 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 a quarterback in this draft, that fits what Buffalo wants to do offensively. Is there a name that comes to mind to you, Kyle, that right now here in, in late, you know, late August uh, seems like they could be the guy for Buffalo? Sure. I mean, I just got done recording a podcast um, with Jackson Safon on Twitter who, who works for uh, a USC-oriented podcast. And Sam Darnold, uh, I was on with a couple other contemporaries of ours in the draft sphere, uh, Derek Klassen and Justice Muscati. One of the talking points that came around is uh, where Darnold's really good right now is short areas of the field, uh, finding those types of situation, you know, the double slant, the high-low concepts, the RPO-style stuff, um, and making quick, crisp decisions with the football. Uh, he's willing to throw the ball further down the field. Um uh, I think Darnold has excellent stuff between the ears, and that's the most important thing for a potential franchise quarterback. So if you're looking for a guy that will survey, process, and do so with consistency and throw accurately to distribute the football to his skill players, uh, I think uh, Darnold is, is your best bet. And it's interesting because all these other names, Mason Rudolph, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Rosen is kind of the hybrid in between, but Allen and and Rudolph are two names that are talked about as potential top-end of the draft quarterbacks that are both 
big arm down the field style passers. So this whole concept of, of scheme fit and what a player does well and what others don't is a real wild card when you're looking at the Jets, either San Francisco or Washington or whichever of those teams or any other team that doesn't end up with Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the San Diego Chargers, or I'm sorry, the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers looking for a potential replacement for Phillip Rivers. The Arizona Cardinals looking for a potential replacement for uh, Carson Palmer. The New Orleans Saints looking for a potential replacement for Drew Brees. There's a little bit of a changing of the guard here. Pittsburgh Steelers, does Ben, ben Roethlisberger retire? Now, that's a name that, Joe, you and I didn't even talk about in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on here, and guys that have different strengths and different weaknesses, and uh, that scheme concept may be the deciding factor if these guys all hold serve and have strong seasons, because there's it's there's a lot of flavors here, and yeah. it's just a question of of what do you like and what do you need. So let me put this out there, and I'm curious to just kind of get your instant reaction here. If you have to put Lamar Jackson in this conversation, if there's a team that would hitch their wagon to a Lamar Jackson, what do you think about the Los Angeles Chargers with Anthony Lynn as their head coach who had a lot of success with Tyrod Taylor uh, as a quarterback in Buffalo? Do you see that? You know, Is that far-fetched or is that a possibility? I think it's a fun concept, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I hope Jackson makes... Know, comparable strides this year to what he did from his freshman season because he came a really long way. And uh, by all accounts, it seems like he's added some weight. I think he's listed at 206 now. He's up about 10 pounds of muscle on his frame. He looks good. Um, yeah, an offense like that. And, and look at where right now, historically, Phillip Rivers wins where? Pushing the ball down the field. He takes some risk with the ball, but he, he pushes down the field. So you have a, a group of skill guys there that are acclimated to attacking defenses down the field. So Lamar, um, for better and for worse, you know, you look at his splits throughout the season. Uh, I had mentioned the podcast I was on uh, with with Jackson Safon, and Justice Mosqueda brought this up. Is uh, Lamar Jackson was brought up in that conversation. He talked about, uh, the splits for the first two-thirds of Louisville's season and then the last third of Louisville's season. They love to push the ball down the field down there. And he takes those shots, and he throws well in between the hashes. He throws really good deep balls down the middle of the field. You get him outside the numbers, he lose some of his accuracy, but he looks to throw the ball there actively. And um, the offensive line kind of failed in Louisville down the stretch. Um but I think with Coach Lynn there and the skill players that they have there and where Jackson was so good for a majority of the season, it's an interesting concept. And um, I think this is – Jackson potentially has the most to gain of any potential first-round quarterback this year because yeah, I mean, it seems like he's the one that people are kind of still on the fence about. Can he, as sad as it is, play quarterback? No, I, I think his best chance for success is at quarterback, but there's people that are legitimately on the fence. I don't know if he could play quarterback. Yeah, I'm excited because this year I know for a fact both of you, uh, both you and I have confirmed visits uh, to games where we'll get to see Lamar Jackson play live. You're going to see him against Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, 
I'll see him against Wake Forest. And so I think that in-person experience is going to be really good for, uh, you know, seeing things down the field and, and understanding, you know, what Lamar Jackson is seeing and where he's going with the football. To see his arm talent live is, is really telling. Uh, so I'm very excited to, to get eyes on him in person this season. Um, any other quarterbacks? I know that you and I have, have kind of been uh, pretty consistent on thinking Mason Rudolph would be a great fit with Bruce Arians in Arizona. Um, but any other ones? Like, when you think about Josh Allen, do you think of a, a team that would, you know, kind of serve him well in terms of what he does schematically? Is there, you know, is there a fit there that you like? Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh man, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, imagine him taking, take, showing off that big arm, going to guys like Martinez yeah. Bryant and Antonio Brown. God bless it. Um, you yeah. know, and it's funny because you know, as I said, we didn't even talk about Pittsburgh in the pre-show, but I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's like, yeah, like that's such a utopian situation for so many potential quarterbacks. Yeah. If yeah. They, if Pittsburgh finds themselves in a situation where they can take, you know, I could I could pick three guys and be like, man, he'd be great there. You know, Allen's one, uh, Rosen is another, and uh, Mason Rudolph, too, I think would, would be successful with his vertical style passing there. So so let's get to Rosen here. Uh, pick a different team. Where, where, where do you like Rosen – uh, in terms of where he would fit best in the NFL. Mm. I mean, the Jets got to take a quarterback, right? It's got to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> San Francisco's you know, got to you know, take a quarterback. You know where else I would like Rosen? I would like Rosen in, in New York with the Giants. He's the heir apparent, right, to Manning? Yes. I, I, I think that would be a really nice fit, too. Again, looking at schematically what the team does with their passing attack. And uh, Rosen... Uh, he took nice strides in the time that he played before he got hurt. But you go back, I, I had the opportunity to land uh, 2015 UCLA All-22, all 12 games of the regular season. And his deep passing, both down the field and attacking safeties with split safeties, uh, stuff that you don't expect to see from a true freshman. And that's kind of uh, the mark of of a guy that potentially has – uh, special abilities because that's what everybody hangs their hats on for for uh, Sam Darnold. So uh, Rosen to New York, which again is another team that we didn't even talk about, Joe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's there's just a lot of old guard at quarterback, and there's a lot of teams that just don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and there's just not enough quality individuals in the world playing quarterback right now, right? Like yeah. watch preseason football and tell me that there's you know there's not a uh, a massive shortage of quality, competent human beings that can play quarterback in the NFL. So, um, you know, it's this is a conversation that's never going to go away. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about these names all season long. But it was kind of fun here to kind of set the stage here, talk about some of the, the fits, some of the needs. And, um, you know, I, I think we could see a, a, a lot of quarterbacks potentially in the first round. And uh, it seems like uh, there's plenty of good ones. In, and we, you know, we don't even know about the ones that we don't know about, right? Like last year – Nobody was talking about Mitch Trubisky, but he was the second pick in the draft. You know, so there's going to be somebody out there that's going to emerge. You've mentioned some of these redshirt uh, sophomores. I mean, maybe DeAndre Francois mm-hmm. is, is somebody that's suddenly in this mix. I mean, Will Greer seems a little bit unlikely, but um, you know, there's there's a couple of these redshirt sophomores that we could emerge, and, and you know, you just never know. So uh, this is going to be a fun year to look at these quarterbacks. And it's interesting because last year was perceived as a terrible quarterback class, but you know, I know that two preseason games doesn't write any scripts. You know, we shouldn't be crowning anybody. We shouldn't be 
making too big of assumptions, but there's something to be said for some of the quality performances we've seen from rookie quarterbacks so far through two weeks of the preseason. Yeah, and uh, another position group that uh, we're kind of lost on right now, or at least I'm lost on, is the wide receiver group. Mm. And uh, I'm looking right now, just sitting down looking at my wide receiver reports from each of the past two years. Uh, The list of wide receivers that have received a first-round grade from me over the course of the past two seasons is Corey Davis and... That's it. <laughs> you look at you know, 2016, my, my top five wide receivers were Josh Doxson, uh, Sterling Shepard, Laquan Treadwell, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Boyd. Uh, you dig further down this group, uh, Corey Coleman was a first-round draft selection. I was kind of lukewarm on him as a prospect, thought he was pretty raw. Um, by and large, not a strong group. This year, Corey Davis... Uh, I almost had a top 10 overall value on. Uh, Taewon Taylor uh, was my second. Mike Williams, my third. Josh Reynolds, Carlos Henderson. Uh, It's a little soon to say where some of these guys ultimately lie as rookies, but definitively looking at my wide receiver group, uh, the past two years, if you trust my eye for the position, which some of you probably may be getting a chuckle right now, looking at Mike Evans. <clears throat> um, it's it's not been a couple of groups that I feel good about. And I'm sitting here looking at the names for 2018. And your seniors are James Washington and blank. Again, there's, there's just not names that I really love. So then I dig a little deeper and I say, okay, are there any names that, that maybe is underclassmen and Christian Kirk's a name that's often thrown around and talked about as potential first round guys. And, um, Joe, I know you did Kirk, but I, I watched Kirk this past weekend and I love him as an athlete, but I'm not sold on him as a boundary receiver. Oh, I think, uh, he's very versatile. I think he's a very explosive athlete, but not something that that I can actively see here right now on August 21st and say, yeah, I feel really good about Kirk as an NFL wide receiver and working on the boundary. I'm not sold there. So then I look beyond that, and I, can, I come across Cortland Sutton, who's a name that I watched this past weekend, and I finally found a guy that I really, really like is like a, a potential alpha wide receiver. Washington, for as fun as he is and as effective as he is down the field, doesn't necessarily win in a vast multitude of ways. He's smaller, quote-unquote smaller. He's six one. He's 205. He plays much bigger than that. But Sutton's listed at 6'4", 215. And he has a lot of Corey Davis to his game right now. So I'm finally zeroing in on a wide receiver that I want to watch throughout the course of this year to potentially say, yeah, if you want an alpha receiver, this is your guy. And uh, Davis kind of sets the mold there for the style of play that he had. I actually put something together on NDTScouting.com, and it uh, compares and contrasts three different plays that have – uh, notable similarities between Sutton and plays that he has and Davis. So it's a sideline contested catch. 
It's a touchdown in the uh, the back end of the end zone, uh, playing off a of contact and working around people, and um, the body control. So Sutton's a name to star, but again, for the third consecutive year, it's it's looking like a wide receiver group that I'm coming into, and I'm just kind of lukewarm on right now. Well, and that seems to be a trend. But um, you know, one thing that I think in this year's draft that's going to be very different than last year's is I feel like we finally have some quality offensive line talent uh, available in this draft, particularly uh, at offensive tackle, where you know these <laughs> these teams are thirsty for guys that can can pass block. These edge rushers are getting more and more talented. The, the pressure packages. Uh, that are being sent to these offensive linemen require a lot more reactive athleticism and length and, and, and experience. And we got some guys this year that I think are, are pretty solid. You know, right at the top of the list is Connor Williams out of Texas. You know, he's going to be a top of the first round guy. People are calling him, you know, Joe Thomas 2.0. You know, that's awfully strong, you know, <laughs> to, to describe him as, but you know, he's, a, he's one of those blue chip type of talents that I think are going to be at the top of the draft. You, you, you mentioned, uh, Mike McGlinchey, the guy from Notre Dame, is, is a notable uh, prospect this year. And then there's some guys like Orlando Brown out of Oklahoma. He's 6'8", 345 pounds. He moves like a dancing bear. He's got you know vines for arms, and he's super powerful. He's got the NFL bloodlines. He's a guy that I think is in the first-round mix. And then you have Mitch Hyatt out of Clemson, who is a guy who started every game since he's been on campus. And you know we, we know the success that Clemson's had offensively, and a lot of that's because Mitch Hyatt's been able to lock down the left side that offensive line. Uh, there's some some guys that are intriguing. A uh, guy out of Western Michigan that I've recently watched, Chukwama Okorafor. Uh, he's their left tackle out there. He's he's a second year starter at left tackle. Uh, he played uh, he played inside previously, so now he you know in his second season, I think he's going to take a, a, a jump forward. He's got that prototypical frame. He moves well. He's powerful. Got the long arms. Uh, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. Martinez Rankin out of Mississippi State, a player that who's got all the tools and he really emerged as the season went on. So I think this year, you know, Trey Adams, another guy out of uh, Washington who we've talked about on the show. I think this year we finally get, get that premier offensive tackle talent back in the conversation. And, and it couldn't come at a, at a better time because you know, these teams need, need these offensive tackles and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a good crop to pull from. I like some of the interior prospects as well this year. Uh, you know, I want to get too in depth here, but uh, you know, Billy Price is a guy that I love out of Ohio state. Frank Ragnow out of uh, Arkansas, Mason Coles, a quality football player out of Michigan. Uh, and then I finally got a, a chance to get eyes on Quentin Nelson, the Notre Dame guard. And he's just one of the most powerful offensive linemen I've, you know, I've really ever laid eyes on that guy just finishes people and buries them. So uh, offensive t- line uh, crop looks good this year, which is very different than what we saw from the 2016 class. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked over the weekend about Quentin Nelson, so I, I do want to ask you specifically. I thought he was going to be a guy that you uh, really loved. Can you can you extrapolate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you just talk. I mean, I love powerful, hard nosed football players, really at every position, and and that's obviously the most accentuated an interior offensive lineman. And you know, this dude, this dude is one of the most powerful football players I've ever seen. I mean, his grip strength to steer and sustain blocks and just put people on their backs, his ability to absorb contact and, and you know, the, the play against Malik McDowell where he, you know, somehow he, he, he concedes like seven yards. He, you know, McDowell <laughs> gets into his, gets into his face pretty quick and, and he rocks him back seven yards. 
Nelson must have been folded backwards, I don't know, almost in half. And all of a sudden, he just, like, he eats his Popeye spinach and friggin' uproots him and puts him on his back. Like, like that right there is insane power. And then you just keep watching the tape, and he's blowing people off the ball, uh, you know, creating huge running lanes. I mean, he gets your hands on you, you're done. He's 6'4", he's got plenty of length for an interior player. I mean, I, I, I mean, I loved Dan Feeney last year. I mean, this guy, this guy's better than Dan Feeney, you know. So, I mean, this is, uh, this is a guy. If you want to, you know, run a gap power scheme in, in, at the next level, good lord, Quentin Nelson's about as valuable a player as you're going to find. Uh, for healthy first round player, uh, I, I, I don't know how he wouldn't be. Like, what's yeah. the problem? He doesn't. He's not. He's not. Like when he has to adjust quickly, you slide his feet quick. Maybe he wants some more foot speed. You know, maybe maybe you you have to understand that at the next level, you're not just going to be able to dominate everyone with power, so the technique comes into play. But man, I've got a foundation to work work with here in Quentin Nelson that I think he's going to be a guy that's going to anchor an offensive line for ten years. And Joe, he's six five three thirty. <laughs> he's a stud, man. Yeah, he checks the boxes. He's yeah, a forty game starter. I mean, Lord. So go stud. ahead, go ahead and write that one down in pen. If Quentin, Nel- if Quentin Nelson's healthy, first round pick, I I think so. I really do. Yeah, he should be. I mean, if jo- Josh Garnett's a first round pick, right? I mean, yeah, I think Nelson's be- cleaner in pass protection at this point than what Garnett was right. coming out too. Right, and and that so for my own personal, so we you know we kind of have to wear two hats. We have our evaluator hat and our forecaster hat. My evaluator hat is telling you definitively this is a first round talent for me. My forecaster had is saying, yeah, this is probably a first-round talent. He should be. In my world, he's a first-round player. And that's why great minds think alike, Joe. <laughs> right there with you. Well, we're, they, people don't know we're really fighting about quarterbacks, but we'll, we'll, we'll resolve that by the end of the season. Yeah, we'll figure that one out. We'll, uh, we'll actually be back on Wednesday to talk about the uh, NET Scouting all-draft-eligible team. And yes. uh, Joe and I are on opposite ends of who was our quote-unquote QB1 First team all draft eligible quarterback. So I'm sure you and I are going to get into an argument about that on Wednesday. Yes, looking forward to it, Kyle. That is going to do it for us today on this Monday edition of the Draft Dudes podcast. I hope everyone's going to enjoy the eclipse, right? I mean, I know Nick Saban doesn't give a crap about it, but I'm pretty excited about it here in Charlotte. Uh, going to check that out. You know, it's a historical thing. So we didn't even get to that here. I guess that makes sense because a football podcast, not a not a science podcast, but I hope everyone enjoys that. Uh, We'll be back again for you on Wednesday, like Kyle said, to talk about the preseason all-draft eligible team that will be published on ndtscouting.com. So make sure you don't miss that. The best way to make sure you don't is to make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Podbean, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, whatever the medium you like to use, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Keep track of us on Twitter. Kyle is at ndtscouting. I am at Marino. NDT Scouting has its own face or its own Twitter handle, which is at NDT Scouting LLC. And yes, I alluded to it. We have a Facebook page. Check it out. Facebook.com slash NDT Scouting. I can't wait to listen to the new introduction. I hope it's really good. I'll uh, make sure to check that out just like you do tomorrow. And uh, thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Signing off for Kyle Krabs. I'm Joe Marino, and we'll be back again for you on Wednesday.
you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.